welcome to Bunta Vista, episode 277. And here we are in the ninth circle of hell. It's a filthy and rotten pit of pure filth, reserved only for the most awful sinners and blights on humanity. Horrible savages like Margaret Thatcher and Pittsburgh Penguins captain Sidney Crosby. <laughs> in the middle of this hellscape, you'll see a filthy black bog surrounded by smoke, bubbling hideously as you peek something emerging from its depths. And we'd like to thank our sponsors Lockheed Martin and the Disney Corporation for making the bog possible. From out of the black pool comes one of the most revolting and loathsome creatures the mind can even conceive of. For it's here that the depths of hell give birth to Elf on the Shelf. Punishment from the gods for the crimes and sins of humanity. And for his many, many sins, there's a man here cursed to spend all of eternity moving this elf into increasingly time-consuming and whimsical positions for a group of ghastly American children. It's Andrew. Andrew, how you, hi. How are you feeling about your eternity? Um, it was all right at the start when I just had to sort of like put it on a bookshelf one day, hmm. and then the next day I like put it in the kids' kids' room. And now it's you the twentieth of December. So, uh, how are you feeling? Yeah, I mean it's it's the twentieth of December on the six hundred and eighty fifth year that I've been mm. doing this, and I do have to move it every day. Because uh, as soon as it's Christmas, it, it basically just starts again. The mm-hmm. kids are like, where's the elf? Where's the elf? <laughs> <laughs> and I just got to gotta keep moving it, you know? You just got to stay positive, you know? Just got to keep on trucking. Worst part is, you would kind of hope that, like, uh, you would move the elf and then, you know, the kids find the elf. Where's the elf? Where's the elf? <laughs> and then you find it and you get to just, like clock off and read a book you know and go to mm. sleep and then and do the elf the next day um but that's not what happens uh, here in hell or at least this circle of hell uh the kids find the elf and then um like bill murray shooting himself in the mouth in groundhog day the next day just starts straight away mm. so there's you just really... got settled you're just watching it you're watching a show on netflix maybe yep. your paramount plus yep. and you remember and then the kids are at it again they want the elf where's the elf <laughs> you know <laughs> Sick of it. That's right. There's another man here. He's intermittently whipping these ghastly American children. He's forcing them to watch children's television from the BBC, like Rotten Little Piggy and The Banger and Mash Man, narrated by Stephen Fry and Michael Parkinson. He's a big player down here at the Ninth Circle of Hell. Ben, don't you just love Mondays when you work here? It's Every Monday feels like a Friday to me. You know? It does. W- you having those fun children, at work. They're settling down for... An infinity of half an hour's of entertainment, and none of it will make them smile or laugh. Mm, none of it's Ever. good. None it's full of it of is jokes funny. They don't understand, which are yeah. for adults. It's just a lot of Stephen Fry saying, "Oh bother." <laughs> a lot of fat shaming of parents in those shows, due to due to how many fat British parents there are. I assume that's right. A lot of cross dressing. Yeah. Cross dressing is like the main gag in it's these the children's thing programs. Can think of yeah, it's about as funny as it gets. Yeah, yeah. What if a man was a woman, but not like that? Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> their test for whether they, they fundamentally oppose your existence is whether it's taking place at a pantomime or not. Yeah. Yeah. Not a nice people. No. Finally, you step forward and you lock eyes with the disgusting little prick himself. His tiny body and cherubic cheeks glowing with an undeniable evil. It's the elf himself. It's Theo. And now you're gearing up here to completely obliterate Theo with a grenade launcher, 
But if you do that, you're going to disappoint your son, Bonathan, and he's going to be sad. Mm. Hey, hey, what's up, motherfuckers? I'm here forever. <laughs> Don't you forget that. If you let so, me sit still, I'll kill you. <laughs> you know what really fucking annoys me is, um, you know how Americans like doing that, that sort of a meme format where it's it starts with the text, you've heard of Elf on the Shelf, now yeah. it's time for... And you say, and I then, haven't. It's too well, but now I have because of that. Yeah. Previously, they'd say that as I have not, I've not heard of Elf on the Shelf. I think shelf. it's a psyop. Like they did those memes, so then we would have heard of Elf on the Shelf. Which fucking sucks. I don't know. I want to no. Fuck off. Santa doesn't need spies in my mythology of how Santa operates. He just sort of knows. He knows. Yeah. I assume uh, Elf on the Shelf is relatively popular in Australia because. Uh, people fucking love cops and narking in this country. Yeah, that's true. So, like, yeah, if if you can sort of, if you can impress on your children at a very young age that somebody is watching them at all times, at all times, and they will get into trouble for anything they do that is even slightly out of their lane. You know, it, the, the sooner you can get that into them, it prepares them for joining their neighborhood Facebook groups later on in life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And that's Theo. And Theo, can you tell me uh, what's the biggest thing on Santa, Santa's naughty list this year? You know, what's like not hot for <laughs> Santa this year? Yeah, what's what's not hot? Um, really, uh, environmentalism, that's right off. Oh, that's uh, off for kids. Y- yeah, anti, anti-consumerism. If you've got a parent uh, that's like, oh, I'm, gonna buy, I'm not going to buy you any toys or anything like that... Um, we will kill them. I'll come mm. around to their house and I'll hit them in the legs with hammers uh, until <laughs> they go out and they buy one of those trampolines uh, with the full, like, netting over the top mm-hmm. uh, that yeah. lasts for exactly one season uh, before kind of just collapsing uh, all the PVCs sort of, like, evaporated, etc. Because uh, you just got to keep buying. Uh, if you stop, if you stop buying... Uh, we will hurt you. Yeah, you wake up and Elf on the Shelf will be there next to your parents' kneecaps. Yeah. They're bloodied kneecaps with a hammer and you'll say, yay, Elf on the Shelf. Hey, isn't that so funny? <laughs> Elf on the Shelf. He's is, mischievous. He's got a hammer. <laughs> I'm, I, like, you, w- the picture you're painting for me is that Elf on a Shelf is capitalist Chucky. Mm. Basically. Yeah. So you've got a, you don't have to do this, Andrew. You've gotten away from Elf on the Shelf this year. Why the fuck... Would I do that? And also, why the fuck would I do anything that added any more layers yeah. of effort? It's yeah. just work. It's work for me. See, the like, thing about children is that they they have no money and they have no agency, right? <laughs> so if you don't want that shit in your house, if you want to avoid the whole situation, you say no. It's I want to be you. watched over by a cretinous elf. I'm yeah. afraid not. Oh, well. Mm. Yeah. That's the end of the discussion. No oh, cretinous they- elf in this house. Ah, uh, well... <laughs> I'm five. So. I feel like maybe they've mentioned, like, you know, another family has a has an elf or whatever. They yeah. might have mentioned it, but they have certainly never expressed an That's interest That's the worst, because other yeah. kids have it. And then your hey. kid's like, why don't I have one? It's like, why well, aren't I normal? Their parents the just love them. have an elf on the shelf. Well, you have a roof over your head. Mm. You know? That's I enough. Just just generally speaking, like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying this like I, I don't like Christmas with my kids you know because that's it's all it's all very fun but like (laughs) there's there's just a lot involved with it in terms of like it's and 
it's extra sh- extra difficult for me because uh, my lovely wife's birthday is like right at the end of November, and I've used up oh, all damn. of my gift ideas, and then I got to start thinking of of gifts to get again. It's terrible, yeah. terrible. You've already bought your wife one thing. Now you've got to think of a second. <laughs> I got her three things for her birthday, you son of a bitch. Jesus Christ, you just fucked yourself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Foolish. You should ration them out. But but kids are kids are very focused on Christmas. They love it. Uh, and like there's there's just a lot of stuff involved in preparing a nice Christmas for your family. And I don't know why the fuck anyone would be like, what if I did some optional extras? Yeah. What if I did extracurricular Christmas? It's Instagram you know? mums. Yeah. Stick to everything. the basics. Buy some presents, bake a ham, put on a DVD of the Jim Carrey live-action Grinch movie. Done. Christmas, That's Christmas magic, Christmas, baby. Yeah. Uh, um, over over lunchtime, you go on to spin the Peter Coombs Christmas album. Give that yeah. a little. I'm usually I'm usually playing James Brown's Funky Christmas. Oh, damn. Mm. For the record, that's a I, good. I'm a Bing Crosby Christmas album person myself. That was that was the sound nice. of my childhood Christmases. That's nice. I, I think there's about Bing. four hours of Sufjan Stevens Christmas albums now. Yeah, yeah. That sounds like something you would be into. <laughs> sincerely, yeah. it's the tall Christmas album that you know really <laughs> brings Christmas up a notch, though. You know, uh, there's also like I'm pretty sure there's there might be more than one. <laughs> More than one Boney M Christmas album. There he is. <laughs> Boney M love Christmas. And why wouldn't you? All I'm saying is you can branch out, you know, you can get into some other genres. Uh, you can have a bit of fun with it. I, f- I feel for those poor um, American souls who have to work retail and like have the Bing Crosby album on a loop. Like for eight hours at a time every at day. Starbucks, and it starts in like as soon as Halloween's over, you got your fucking Bing Crosby Christmas all day. Yep, you've been playing your Thanksgiving carols all the way through to Thanksgiving. <laughs> That's right. Then you switch over to your Christmas carols. Oh, uh, I, I think, I do think it would come to inflict significant psychic damage on you by a point, right? It'd have to. Do you think it'd make you fucking hate Christmas eventually? I think just working in retail in general. Yeah. It kind of makes you view it unfavorably. I have like a slight panic reaction to it now because office workers already the worst bar patrons in the world become substantially worse as you get closer to Christmas. Christmas party time. Having their Christmas parties. So fucking bad. Jesus Christ. Just learn how to be in a bar. Just be normal. You're 40. I was just talking to uh, to a friend on the phone. Because that's what us old timers do. You Fucked know? up what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> me, me, and my buddy, who is also named Andrew, we talk to each other on the phone for hours every week. <laughs> what? <laughs> we do. We do. I was. I had a phone Hang call on. with my brother the other night uh, with my older brother, and when it was done, I hung up, and it said three hours. That's the magic of chopping it up. And do those tweets that says that's feminine behaviour. <laughs> what are you even talking about? There's not even three hours of things to say. Yeah. Yeah, Theo and I need to do parallel play when we're hanging out because we run out after about 20 <laughs> minutes unless someone else is providing external stimulus. <laughs> Maddie and Caitlin are very good at that, though. They're, they're providing so... us with little activities. Oh, yeah, they're so good. No, me, me and my brother can go forever. Um, but yeah, I was talking to my friend and he was uh, lamenting that his work... Had, had just organized their work Christmas party, their office Christmas party, and it was outside of office hours. Mm, illegal. Yeah, that's, that's fucked, fucked up. up. It's got to at least start at like two. 
Yeah. yeah. And then carry on. Yeah. yeah. Carry yeah, on until 2.30 and then you go home two hours early. Yeah, you, you drunk drive home. <laughs> <laughs> I remember working at a place that would throw a Christmas party, but it would s- stop like very soon after it started. And then they'd be like, get out of here. Please get out. <laughs> Just... <laughs> I think I think there had been some incidents at previous years' parties where they like had a big open bar and hired a whole venue. They would put on lavish Christmas parties, and they did that again. They hired a venue like in the middle of Melbourne, and they they get everybody in there. They put them on the open bar, free food, free drinks for like two hours, and then they just turn off the music and go out into the city. You go, yeah. you are someone Flush. else's problem legally. <laughs> And I think that's a sound strategy, personally. Hmm. You know, show your appreciation. Give people what they want out of a Christmas party. The free booze. The free alcohol, yeah. But just ease yourself back out of the doorway before things start getting really messy. Ease, ease out of there in a work capacity. Yeah. yeah. That's solid. That's good thinking, in my opinion. Get out of there while you still have the capacity to sit on a bus for 32 <laughs> minutes. Uh, Christmas, it's the time of miracles. You know? Yep. Yeah. We, we can all agree. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's the time of miracles, and the world is full of miracles. There are many miracles to be found, for example, in the world of nature. It's time for Nature Corner. Now, if you're a if you're an eagle-eared listener, you may well be able to figure out what kind of animal this segment's going to be about. This comes to us from press agency UPI. Blind horse breaks three Guinness World Records in Oregon. Good for him. Yeah, good for him. That or her Chris, Christmas miracle. We're going to find out. A 22-year-old Oregon horse with no eyes broke three Guinness World Records. Highest free jump by a blind horse. <laughs> oh, come on. That doesn't count if one of them's like a, a blind record. Blind horse record. <laughs> they're all blind they're horse records. Well, then it's not that impressive. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's still particularly good for a blind horse. It's how the cream of the crop. How many times has someone tried to beat these? How many blind horses have tried to beat these records? Yeah, Is this uh, an I existing w- category or are these one of those ones where you get the consultant out to, to do it? Oh, it's like that guy that breaks one every week where he's like most bowling pins juggled on a skateboard by a man listening to <laughs> infected mushroom. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wonder how many like equestrian trainers there are out there. You know how like with guide dogs, they get to a point where they go, you're not cut out for this, son, and they take the harness off them. Um, <laughs> but in like a ceremony of shaming. <laughs> yeah. Everybody points down at the ba- the dog and goes, bad dog, bad dog. Uh-huh. You were too friendly. You can't be a guide dog now. You like smells too much. You you don't have enough self-control, dog. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm wondering how many uh, equestrian people like are, are training a horse for like Olympic competition and they're, they're just, they're not quite elite tier. Yeah. And they go, all right, time to blind this horse. See if we can make any Break records. Break some Guinness World Record. Do you even get anything for breaking a Guinness World Record? You're getting you the get book, a free I guess. pint of Guinness. <laughs> or or you, 
there probably isn't even a bloody book anymore. They probably just put you on the website. Oh, they've got to yeah. be making that book. There is a book. There is Uncles a have book. to buy I, nephews presents. Nephews that's, that's, a, that's, that's a boy's Christmas present. Right? Yeah, it's like as a Christmas present. I will dispute that because we have got uh, Evelyn the Guinness Book of Records before and she is so stoked on that shit. She oh. just loves facts so much. One of the boys, you know? hey? Just one of the boys. Not She's not like yeah. other girls. Yeah. <laughs> Better. <laughs> uh, so, three world records. The highest free jump by a blind horse. Most flying changes oh. by a horse in one minute. And fastest time for a blind horse to weave five poles. Okay, oh, so that one's that, impressive. That middle one is a pan, pan horse, all horse. That's all horses. All, all horse <laughs> category. Morgan Wagner of Corvallis said she was allowed to choose her horse, Endo, from her grandmother's <laughs> herd. Sorry. When she right. was only 13 years old. You heard me right. <laughs> Named it after grandma's favorite thing. My two horses, Endo and PCOS. <laughs> you can't make that joke. Only I could have made that joke. I'm sorry. Would you like to make that joke? Uh, two horses, Endo and Picos. <laughs> It's funny when you say it. <laughs> Wagner said Endo started having eye problems when he was eight years old and he was diagnosed with equine recurrent uvitis? uvitis? I'm sorry, but this horse already knows how to jump. He's seen it. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> what, he's seen air before and he knows how to go up into it? <laughs> yes. Do you, are you saying, Theo, you think there should be two categories for blind horse records? Uh, born blind yeah. and... Con- congenital yeah. or... Oh, those yeah. who were born into the darkness. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you reckon calling endometriosis endo is an Australianism? I don't know. Seems like Entirely it would possible. be, huh? Yeah. It feels very natural to be like, ah, I'll be fucking endo. <laughs> Play it up. I can't imagine an American saying I can't. It. Yeah. Oh, right, Miendo. Mm. Uh, she said it took time for the horse, now known as Endo the Blind, to regain his confidence. <laughs> don't have yet. to say it to him every you know, day. He have knows. a name like Pliny the Elder. <laughs> <laughs> he's visibly got no eyes. You'll know from looking. Like, he's got no eyes. Literally no eyes. It's just like skin, like two little hollowed out bits covered in skin and fur. Were you losing a lot of time saying, this is my horse, Endo, he's blind? He's blind, by the way. It's the same number of words. Endo, he's blind, and Endo, the blind. (laughs) My blind horse, Endo. You have to put it, I don't know if they had to change his certificate or anything, you know. Quote, he was very scared in the beginning. Yeah. So I took him for walks around the barn and then moved on to walks around the property. Morgan told Guinness World Records, everything in small steps. The now 22-year-old horse showed he still has skills by taking on the trio of records. That's too old. That's I thought older than lived several like of our six. listeners. <laughs> it's older than both my kids put together. You know? Quote, each record was something Endo already knew. We just had to practice and fine-tune it, Wagner said. He learned to jump again after going blind because he competed in a discipline that required upper-level riding and obstacle work. And in that discipline, he became national champion at the highest level. So they did blind an elite horse. Yeah. Yeah. To make a Guinness World Record, for sure. Yeah, he'd done everything he could. He'd reached the heights. He reached Mm -hmm. his skill cap. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh... 
when when what's his name saw that there was no more worlds to conquer he and blinded fact, him. That would have been a really good smart person reference if you <laughs> remember who Alexander <laughs> the Great was. Alexander the Great, yeah. yeah. When when Alexander saw when Alexander saw that there was no more stuff to do or whatever, <laughs> he fully cried. <laughs> <laughs> my name is something probably <laughs> or my work's humanity and whatever and it, and it turns out that there's not enough of something or too much I forget <laughs> Endo jumped three feet and 5.73 inches clear over Theo's head into the air to break the record for highest free jump by a blind horse he then completed 39 flying changes in 60 seconds to break the record for most flying changes by a horse in one minute. Anyone uh, want to hazard oh. a guess as to what a flying change is? Okay. I Anyone googled know. flying change horse and it just keeps showing me pictures of horses doing like normal horse stuff. Uh, hmm. Changes the lead while remaining in canter. Oh. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Fly change I don't know what that means. <laughs> This one says it means an arrangement to have the passengers travel on another flight. Yes, mm. original airline <laughs> or... Yeah, that's probably what it is. Yeah, and people calling this horse in their flights to avert it. Just uh, the pointing horse to gates. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it when they replace my flight with a horse. It's, it makes me so mad. Uh, the horse turns up. Ah, oh, fuck! My flight's <laughs> changed again. <laughs> I sent the horse out. <laughs> uh, the horse also broke the record for fastest time for a blind horse to weave five poles, completing the feat in six point nine three seconds. Damn, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I'm impressed by this horse. I'd be betting on this horse if I see Endo the Blind on sports bet. <laughs> He's paying a hundred to one, you know, <laughs> putting five dollars down. Quote, it feels amazing that Endo has three world records, Wagner said. He doesn't know, though, you know? No. He doesn't know what that <laughs> no, is. He doesn't know anything. He's a horse. He's a dumb creature. <laughs> Just Endo. vibes in his head. Uh, do you think Endo remembers when he had to do some work and then he got two apples that day? Like... Horse people act like horses are like dolphins, like they're the smartest, most beautiful creature on earth. And then they like hear a noise and they're yeah. like, and they, and they die. <laughs> my heart attack. If my mum heard you saying this, my God. <laughs> she a horse lady. The wrath of a country woman coming down on you. <laughs> she's a big time horse lady, right? And she's, she is, yeah. But she's a country horse lady, not like this is fancy horse stuff. She does. Yeah. Oh, this is yeah. dressage. Country horse stuff, yeah. Right. She doesn't okay. wear the silly pants. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Wagner said, I'm very grateful to Guinness World Records for letting us have a platform for blind horses <laughs> to show the world that they're still capable of anything. I dispute, that, um... I dispute that whole <laughs> assertion. Platform for bright horses? That was that horses. amnesia game, I believe. Yeah. It's a good... Um... If you know the, the horror video game series Amnesia and the names <laughs> of the, that... That joke makes sense. I played a bit of it, but I forgot most of it. A machine Can't remember. For pigs Can't remember. The <sighs> subtitle of Platform for Blood Horses. 
Well, I know we all hate it when we're traveling <laughs> and our, our flight or our Greyhound bus is substituted with uh, an old blind horse. Uh, but there are other ways to travel. Perhaps you might travel by sea. If you do, be careful you do not have an encounter with a shipping vessel because it turns out they're getting into all kinds of stuff out there. It's time for the shipping report. I'm itching for another edition of the shipping report. That's right. This is the no jokes, no deaths summary of the maritime incidents of the previous 14 days. Joke Here we go. No jokes. The general cargo ships Burhan Dizman and Turan Sea collided at Ahikapi Anchorage in the Sea of Mamara. Bonk. Someone's yeah. losing a few demerit points. That's no not a joke. Any particular diet at the moment either? No. One of the lifeboats on the cruise ship Quantum of the Seas fell into the sea while she was anchored off Vanuatu. Yeah. Well, there's only going to be one or, or many lifeboats. It won't be like won't be like half of one or something. Yeah, that's it's true. Quantum of the Seas. Yeah. 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 I actually thought it was a pretty lackluster follow-up to Casino Royale. The general cargo ship Everwin developed a 30-degree starboard list in rough weather, uh, some 40 nautical miles east of Yangtze Estuary. Estuary. Hmm. So is that, uh, that, does that mean it's just like tipping over too far to one side? Yes, that's right. It is a little bit. bit. Like... It didn't capsize. That doesn't yeah. sound like a problem to it's me. I'm no, I'm no shipping guy. So. They would make it hard to move around on the boat. It's probably but, bad for it. But I assume that by the time we're reading this report, the rough weather has ended, and perhaps, perhaps the boat has. Sounds returned. like a non-event. I mean, sounds it, like you're being a bit dramatic. That's it's all probably I'm saying. taken on the list because it had taken on water, and that was making it sit to one side. That's not good. Yeah. Or maybe it had a, an issue with its its fuel tanks and they might not have been leveling out like they're supposed to. Hard to say. The general cargo ship Yusheng 788 sank in the Taiwan Strait. Cool name. Shame about yeah. the boat. Yeah. The coaster cargo ship Longshun suffered engine failure in the Taiwan Strait and developed a starboard list and aft tilt. A little bit extra pizzazz on that one. Mm. Trying to figure out how to appropriately rotate the boat in my mind to reflect... Uh, what's just been described to me? Yeah. Starboard. Which which side starboard around. then? If I'm starboard is to the right. Yeah, and then it's so tilted towards list. the back as well. Hmm. All right. So the back right hand corner is the lowest point, and the front left hand corner is the highest point. Right. So if I'm if I'm standing in the middle looking forward, I'm kind of looking up and to the left at this point. You might be falling over <laughs> if you're on the if you're on the long shun. The vehicle carrier Sarasi-1 collided with general cargo ship Batangari Mas in the Bankar Strait. Sarasi-1 developed a substantial hull breach and subsequently sank. Ooh. I, I feel like we're getting more uh, more sinkings than we usually see in the shipping report. Is that yeah. reasonable mm. to say? It seems like there's a lot of bad weather over the last fortnight. Um, or it's that there were a lot of sinkings where no one died through happy coincidence. Yeah, usually I'm filtering mm. those out. I feel like we see more kind of uh, more commonly we see either ships running into each other or something or having to be like towed back, you know, rather yeah. than um, oh, just that one's just down the bottom gone. now. Yeah, see? well they they seem to get refloated relatively often from the the stories that I read, which mm. seems nuts to me. That, that seems like it's a lot of work. You got to go through and sweep all the crabs out. 
<laughs> you got to decrab your ship. There's got to think- look if if you refloat a boat and and drain all the water out. Surely there's some fish flopping around on the deck. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there must be. There'll be a squid in your medicine cabinet. Mm-hmm. Free squid. <laughs> <laughs> the heavy lift ship Mary uh, contacted the Holtenau Bridge while transiting Keel Canal, causing substantial damage to the bridge and closing it to traffic. How, how heavy is she? How heavy are we talking? Okay, Could she down. lift me? Probably <laughs> easily, yeah. <laughs> the general cargo ship Poseidon. Not a good side. Ran cool onto name. a highway embankment at Yanai City in Yamaguchi Prefecture, Japan. Now, I don't know if you guys are familiar with this, but highways, typically the domain of the car. Yeah. Yeah, they that's are... where the car lives. Yeah. Bus, truck, wheeled yeah. vehicles of that nature. Yeah. Maybe yeah. a boat on a trailer sometimes. Yes. But generally, generally, it's a dry domain. Yeah. And um, I would have thought the name Poseidon would have been taken by that point. But do you think it's just because everyone thought it was too obvious to call their boat Poseidon? Well, possibly like, bad luck. I haven't checked to name it after a, a famous sinking boat. You could call your ship Titanic, like as a yeah, little joke, like a little irony po- joke. Yeah. Poseidon was god of the sea. That is true, yes. Which is under it, like in well, the sea. True. Also, you can have, there are lots of boats with the same name. It's not like uh, it's not like showbiz so. horse race. Yeah, it's not <laughs> yeah, like SAG AFTRA, where <laughs> yeah. if your name is George Clooney, you have to call yourself by your middle name or whatever. Oh, I'm George George C Poseidon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the container ship Cartagena Express suffered engine failure while in the English Channel. I believe that's Cartagena. Yeah, I wouldn't say that. No, it's got a G in it though. Yeah. Cartagena. <laughs> well, I'm mainly, I'm mainly going off of uh, the movie Romancing the, Romancing the Stone. Oh, I'm going off the part in Sicario where she asks where he's from and he says Cartagena. But then I thought, I can't overpronounce it like that. I'll sound like an asshole. But I guess we're not all scared of that. Mm. Fire broke out on the oceanic reefer trawler Sunfish while in the Okhotsk Sea off the western coast of the Kamchatka Peninsula. Cool name. I like it. The general cargo ship MSM Dolores, uh, which I believe stands for Mainstream Media, media. (laughs) suffered engine failure related to a cooling system issue while en route from Casablanca to Antwerp and was subsequently towed to Brest. I I should be so lucky. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, listeners. I'm sorry. (laughs) Our comedy chops are too well honed. We can't stop riffing. (laughs) The South Korean product tanker B-Ocean was hijacked by pirates for the second time this year while traveling 240 nautical miles off the Ivory Coast. Oh, come on, guys. Come on. Come on. Leave him alone. Leave Billy Ocean alone. (laughs) Uh, Hijack me once. Yeah. Shame on you. That's true. It is their fault. The second time. Yeah. And finally, a 47-year-old crew member lost his right hand in a, quote, job accident aboard the container ship Lady of Luck. Mm. Mm. What kind of job? Yeah. Didn't say. What kind of job? He's what suggesting kind of... that it might have been a... Yeah. What kind of luck are we talking? Doesn't seem that lucky either. <laughs> yeah. Nah. Oh, well. You think they let you keep the hand? They got it. I mean, that's Who's yours. They? 
The guy on board the ship that stitched you up? The guy with the most recent medical training? Hey, can I have that hand back? Can I keep that? What hand? No. (laughs) So, um... So, Eleanor, last night, Eleanor says, uh, beautiful wife of the show, my wife, Eleanor, says that she wants to try watching uh, an episode of the new Netflix TV show, Wednesday, a series Mm -hmm. about Wednesday Adams. She started watching it, and it became immediately apparent that it was a, like, uh, Riverdale school for delinquent Twilights uh, kind kind of vibe. I mean, what else could it be? Yeah. It looks well, that way. Uh, look, could have been the next Mad Men. And now I have <laughs> to know about Jenna Ortega. Like, this is something that I that apparently I have to be aware of now. You don't. No one's asking you to. No. You're a guy in his 30s. Well, no one stop. expects you to know anything about anything. Literally, no one is asking you right now. And no one will ask you at any other time. You can be one of those guys that's like, who's Taylor Swift? Yeah. I don't know who that is. Taylor Smith? I'm I'm familiar. It'll be a problem if you turn out to know too much about Jenna Ortega. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I've I've seen a bit of that popping up as well online. So we're we're watching this and Ella and I uh, start to have a debate about whether or not Thing is warm. Oh, yeah. Whether he would be warm to the touch or whether he would feel cold like a corpse, right? I mean, he's moving. Now... To, for full context, mm. for full context, the conversation came about because I, I had asked, I said, "You'd leave any teenage girl alone with thing for long enough, and maybe <gasps> what that thing do? <laughs> maybe, maybe something's going to happen." Because what I was pondering was, if you were to have an encounter, a sexual encounter with thing from the Adams yeah. family, do you think that encounter would be more like using a sex toy or having an encounter with like a, a consensual partner? I think it, Thing has agency. Is this yeah, is this yeah, like yeah. the stranger for women? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because women can't sit on their hands. In fairness, we, we don't know we don't know <laughs> what that <laughs> if they can, it's none of my business. <laughs> we don't know what Thing is into and he might be perfectly yeah. happy to uh, give you a squeezer or yeah. massage Thing's your prostate. Evil, so I don't think know. he's evil, he's helpful, if is anything. He? Yeah, but he's from yeah. the he's got good Well, no, the Adams then, family aren't evil. If anything, they're okay. kind of like libertarians. But they're yeah. like they're well, benevolent so libertarians. They're benevolent. The Adams family aren't evil. They aren't evil. It's just that they're living on in. They're opposite. just goths. It's opposite day for them yeah. all the time. Where they're yeah. like, you know what would be would be cool if something bad happened. They you know? they welcome the outsider, but if you wrong them, they will destroy you. They also find lethal violence very funny. Mm. But in a sort of slapstick way. Yeah. I mean, yep. it's hard to yep. argue. Yeah. Scorpio energy on all of them. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> so, so, El- <laughs> so Elna's concern about a sexual ca- encounter with Thing was that he would be cold, right? And I was like, I don't picture Thing as cold. No, you I disagree. Him up by putting him in the microwave for a bit. <laughs> you, well, that might really hurt him. You... <laughs> You don't right there. Do not put your thing in the microwave to warm him up. You have thing at home. Um, <laughs> you I, cannot look, clean him in the washing machine. You cannot dry him in the dryer. He's see, hand washer. <laughs> <laughs> hand wash only. Oh, my God. All right, so we're endothermic in that we generate yeah. our own body heat. Mm. And we generate that heat from... Theo? I How don't does that think happen? it's 
We're um, burning calories. It's we like blood moving, the energy. Yeah, but what makes Your the energy. blood hot? Uh, Your chi? Capilla. I think it's, <laughs> it's, 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 I think it's mainly chi, yeah. <laughs> if Thing possesses a life force, yeah. which I think he does. I mean, I can't think of any instance where he exhibits exothermic behavior such as lying in the sun to warm his blood. <laughs> to warm himself. <laughs> It's, um, <laughs> but by the same token, you don't, you know, you're not seeing thing eat anything, you know. Oh, that's so, true. so like my my kind of vibe about thing is, I think that thing is alive coded. Um, <laughs> I I think that thing has to say it like that. We don't need- <laughs> <laughs> I think the thing has the vibes of of someone who's alive. You know, he's kind of he's um. He's like he's kind of jaunty. He's kind of sassy. Yeah. He's helpful. He's he's busy. High energy though. High, got, I think the high yeah. energy is a good mm. sign because uh, cold blooded creatures it's don't kinda, have a lot going on. They're not doing much. Yeah. Yeah. He's. Uh, I, I don't know. I just think I think he has a lot of personality. Whereas if you yeah. were looking at him as being like reanimated in the way that a zombie is reanimated, a reanimated zombie. Uh, is cold and slow and shambolic and unthinking, mm. and these are not factors that I associate with thing. Yeah. Adam so, Sandler. so warm-blooded. We got I that out of the way. Does he fuck? I think he fucks. <laughs> I, th- I think I think <laughs> thing would fuck if you gave him a chance. You know. I don't think he has any pleasure receptors on himself. No, though. but you don't have to. You could be a. You can enjoy. He's just a little servant. Yeah. It's just a nasty little. He doesn't freak. get to come. He's just a nasty <laughs> little freak. <laughs> Running him under the tap afterwards, you know. Man. Um, just in case someone's going to write in to correct me for saying exothermic when I meant um, ectothermic. If you've already sent that message off, I'm yeah. going to hunt you down and kill you. <laughs> Hello, it's me, Ben, uh, from this podcast. Merriam-Webster defines a podcast as a program made available in digital format for automatic download over the internet, and that simply could not be more true. If you like what we do and want more of this podcast made available to you in digital format for automatic download over the internet, simply go to patreon.com slash Vista and hit the enormous red button that says subscribe. Five US dollars a month, you get access to our weekly bonus episodes, our entire archive of bonus episodes, our exclusive Discord server, and an RSS feed of both bonus episodes and free episodes that doesn't have these ads in them. That sweet, sweet subscriber cash allows me to do this show full time without having to get a real job, and frankly, that whips to me. The other guys also get some money or whatever, but I don't really care. Anyway, check that out if it sounds good to you. Love you. Uh, uh, yeah, that thing, that little thing, he was a busy guy. You know, uh, it's very hard to determine. <laughs> it's very, it's very hard to determine uh, whether or not thing was compensated in any way. I get the sense that he was more of like a like a family servant, kind of like Lurch. I don't think that Lurch's pulling Lurch is pulling down a paycheck. I think he makes purchases though. Yeah, but sh- where would he keep his money? He wears pants. <laughs> no thing. <laughs> oh, no, I, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I I assume that Lurch is using he's using uh, Gomez's black card 
with and and the family's money to make purchases. Just sort of for that. pilfering one on the way out the oh, door. Oh, he's like a purchasing agent. What's he getting? <laughs> oh, he's getting Balenciaga. the grocery. He's getting the yeah. groceries, but it's like um, it's like <laughs> a fish, mango. a fish that's already gone bad, a blood orange, you know. Yeah. Real yeah. Adams family shit like that, like squid ink pasta. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Disgusting. Yeah. The evilest dish there is. <laughs> it's just black. It's it's goth food. It's goth food. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah. Foie gras, that's things of that nature. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Veal. Yeah. <laughs> And so, I don't know what kind of industrial bargaining takes place in the Adams Family household. However, there's something going on in this other segment that I don't know about and don't know what the story's about. It's time for Industry Watch. Industry Watch is, of course, the segment where we keep up uh, with the latest news in industries, in various the industries. The big business. That's right. Process engineering. Yeah. Uh, pretty close, actually. This is uh, what I'm about to read to you. comes from the a little Q&A section in the October 22 issue of uh, the trade magazine Render, which is the <laughs> official magazine of the North American Renderers Association. Um, ben, can I just ask, just to make sure... Is, well, can is we the, get a disambiguation here? Yes. Well, no, because when we when we had um, Pixar or pigs, <laughs> when we had uh, Jar Hennessy on the show recently, and we were talking about rampant grease theft, mm-hmm. mm. uh, the people who were upset about the grease theft were, of course, the NRA, yeah. the National Renderers Association. Yes, mm. yeah, which I think is the Canadian body. Although you think the North American Renderers Association would fall under that, but this is NARA, not the NRA. But I'm I'm just. Am I am I in the right ballpark? In Same terms industry. Of, yes. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Thank yes. you. So if you were big on the uh, grease theft segments recently, this is for you. Yeah. Yeah. So we're talking people that um they make all sorts of products. They do you know recycling. They make pet food. They they yeah they produce all sorts of oils. Um, Render Magazine asks, <laughs> what is the most cutting edge technology currently being employed by the rendering industry? Uh, here is an answer from uh, Richard Weeks. Uh, Dick Weeks, executive manager with the Dupps Company. Good name. And he says, Real-time near-infrared analysis of rendered products has significantly raised the bar on how to control the quality of end products. NIR has been utilized as an industry standard for many years. However, time lags associated with samples and inconsistencies with sample procedures have historically been very challenging. Yeah. Having the ability to achieve consistent sample procedures and real-time data has created a tremendous opportunity to optimize processes and profits. Hmm. So that's good. It's a little sounds good. That? Yeah. A little yeah. ominous to me. I I don't like to think about uh, getting a product from a renderer where the quality has been poorly controlled. Yeah. Well, not anymore because they have real-time thing near in the past. infrared analysis. Yeah. You know how you used to get your rendering all fucked up. Yeah. Someone yeah. had to check it with a dipstick. Hmm. And now a guy just sort of scans it with a scanner of some kind. Uh, this answer is from Henning Halgard and Anders Sverhag, mm-hmm. who are respectively the Chief Commercial Officer and the Innovation and Engineering Director at Haslev. I like that this is a global concern. Well, yeah, I don't know how many large rendering companies there are in the world for them to talk to. <laughs> this is the way they communicate, though. Uh, energy reduction and energy recovery technologies that result in reduced carbon footprints and reductions in operating cost because of lower utilities bills will be important. 
Advanced odour abatement systems that make processing plants more acceptable to nearby communities and also yeah, we've make covered the... that in on our earlier episodes. Well, well, I think we've covered them being unacceptable to communities. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. problem that it can that can occur. So, yeah, keeping you up to date on the pro- progress there. Uh, these can make them more acceptable to nearby communities and also make the rendering company a better neighbour. This can transform mm. the overall perceptions and sometimes the stigma associated with rendering operations. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this answer is from Hans Nissen, uh, president, and Brian Schuberl, the aerial sales manager uh, at Oostergaard. We see a focus on high-end product quality combined with the lowest possible energy consumption. Cutting-edge technologies are processes with enzymatic treatment of raw materials to achieve a specific food or feed ingredient. Good distinction there. For example, utilising a slurry evaporator process with low energy consumption for high capacity plants. Yep, yep. Also, feather processes with high digestibility in the feather meal. Feather meal? <laughs> There's a whole other world There's a going lot on, right? Happening About here. turning animals into new... Into slop? Yeah, into <laughs> So, into is slop? rendering just making it into like a slurry? Yes, it's taking animal mm. carcasses and offcuts and turning them into other things. Like hot dogs and stuff. Yeah, hot dogs, okay. pet food and gym mats. Chicken nuggets. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> H&M clothing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, in addition, converting conventional high-temperature cooking with mechanical dewatering and evaporation helps to save energy. With high energy prices and consumer expectations for end products, waste heat utilization is key to reduce fuel consumption. Mm. For example, slurry evaporators with waste heat recovery, or alternatively, wet wend- rendering. Let me try that again. Wet rendering. Mm. Yeah. That just sounds peachy. It's not yeah. a nice turn of phrase. Wet, oh, Wet rendering. Wet rendering. The use of state-of-the-art metal detection on both raw materials and finished products <laughs> is also cutting edge. Think about that one. It's your metal detection in your hot dog. In, in your hot dog meat that's coming out. Get, any, uh, get any jagged shards or shotgun pellets out of there. I mean, that might what genuinely be a part there? of it. Yeah. I, Buckshot. Well, I, I mean, suppose, like, I suppose animals love to eat. Yeah, uh, metal as well, right? Yeah. I was going to say, there's a lot of a lot of animals out there, like pigs and goats and stuff, just chewing cows. up all kinds of shit, right? Are cows just eating whatever? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So when they're born, they they feed them a magnet, and so it just sits there in the stomach, and then like all the barbed wire and shit that they eat gets collected oh. by the magnet in their stomach. Yeah. Yeah, I can't tell from looking at your face right now whether you're okay. bullshitting. All right. Are you fucking well, you... with us? <laughs> I don't know, am I? I don't I know. know. Are you? <laughs> I'm not sure. This could You've be anything. That... This could be one of those things where Theo's about to find out. <laughs> he got told a lie <laughs> yeah, when he was 10 years old. You probably just use a magnet in the plant, right? Like a big magnet. Here's a Because uh, well, everything's it... liquid by now. You want to just suck all the metal bits out. Uh, Have you found a, an answer to this? You've stopped looking at yeah, your yeah, screen. Here's an article from apexmagnets.com. So be be in mind that this come, does come to you from the very pocket of Big Magnet. So they'd want you to believe that it's useful. Yeah. yeah this is on their blog. Uh, weird magnet facts. Cow magnets. Yeah. Here's a weird magnet fact for your week. <laughs> you need one every week without fail. Somewhere there's a magnet in the stomach of a cow. 
Magnets are commonly used by farmers and ranchers to prevent hardware disease, also called bovine traumatic reticuloperitonitis. I like hardware disease. <laughs> yeah. I see what they call oh, that. Fuck, I've got hardware disease. Because like cows... listeners who have software disease. <laughs> because this is a terrifying uh, concept to bandy about in your mind for a moment. Because cows do not discern objects with their mouth. Oh, they're just swallowing whatever you put in there. Could be anything I in there. I didn't know that. Because cows do not discern objects with their mouth when eating and often swallow food whole... They are prone to eat dangerous metal objects like nails or wire. Theo vindicated. Holy fuck. Never in doubt. If one of Ben put You put looked a, in doubt. Ben, put a bunch of reverb on that Theo vindicated. <laughs> be, be good. Are we see like down rounds bits now. Good bit. <laughs> if one of these sharp objects were to pass through the reticulum, it can puncture vital organs, causing pain and even death, depending on where and how far the object travels. Because the stomach is so close to the heart in cattle. The most serious cases of hardware disease are the result of an object piercing the heart and causing failure. Fuck that. Wouldn't you be really mad if you ate your lunch and then, like, a nail pierced your heart? That'd really be annoying. That'd yeah, really be, wreck your I'd day. I'd be quite mad. Yeah. To prevent cows from developing hardware disease as a result of the ingestion of inedible objects, sometimes farmers will place a single cow magnet in the stomach of a cow. This magnet then attracts any metal objects and prevents them from traveling further through the body. However, this isn't the only method of prevention. Beef Magazine says... <laughs> this is... Picking up a copy of Beef Mag in the doctor's office. Oh, there's got to be like two guys coming in to uh, pick up their subscription from the newsagent and both getting equally outraged <laughs> when they're shown... <laughs> <laughs> Beef Magazine says the most important step, quote, is to keep wire and other metal objects out of feed, end quote. Who would have thought? Yeah. That's don't like less Baroque than the magnet thing. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't, don't feed them buckets full of nails, you know? Yeah. Don't but feed them nails. The, the magnet, pretty cheap. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just covering a bit of... Big magnet covering a bit of ass at the end of this article. Although there may be a magnet in a cow, magnets should never be ingested by humans. Yeah. Well, it's what fine if I'm eating metal? Yeah. <laughs> Doing so can result in choking, <laughs> harm to organs, and even death. Which is especially the case if two or more magnets are ingested yeah. at once. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that is actually a serious concern that they tell you whenever you handle, like... Powerful magnets. Well, don't accidentally eat two of these and allow them to pinch your guts when well, they go for in. For children. Oh, all right. For, for yeah. children, largely. Like, do not leave them. And, you know, if you're going to... You, your kid... Okay, you don't want them to have any magnets, but if you can help it, no more than one. Yeah. Never give your child a second magnet. A second <laughs> magnet that's just going to clip on the don't first one. I think you can draw out the other magnet with the second magnet. Yeah, yeah. You end up with a sort of cane beetle, cane toad problem. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Because magnets will attract and pull towards each other, the presence of two or more can pinch organs and break bones. Even when it comes to cows or any other animal, a veterinary professional should be consulted before doing anything with a magnet. So you've got to remember whether whether the magnet's gone in, right? Oh, my God. You just, like, get lost in your thought Uh, just for a little bit. One, two, three. Okay, I... Oh, did I, did give I give that a one magnet? a magnet? Oh. Fuck. Never give your cow a second magnet. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
It's that's a, um, the Punta Vista tip of the week. <laughs> Never give your cow a second magnet. They're hefty magnets too. They're like um, <laughs> like they're a hefty animal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're like a, um, like a like a big cylinder, <laughs> like a. I don't think, think we should be giving cows magnets. This feels not you nice. You want them to have hardware disease, is what yeah. you're saying. <laughs> you hate cows? <laughs> yeah. This is... How has this never come up? I've been alive like for, I think, society, about 32 years, and no one around me has ever been like, oh, cow magnets, until today when it happened, I guess. You should have asked me. Yeah. Hey, Theo, cow magnets? The cow magnets Yes. Oh, it's funny that you ask. They do. So, have, have a look at that picture yeah. in the chat to see I'm not the size that. of a cow magnet. Oh! Yeah, that's a so, used cow magnet. Yeah, oh, so there's there's awful. a before and after. One is a cylinder, uh, about how would you the size. The size. Oh, all right. I was, that makes sense. I was going to say how they're shitting out a. That's about the handle of a hairbrush. Magnet. Yeah, I would call that. Yeah. Well, the um, handle of any hand tool, which yeah. is generally the size ideal to be gripped by a human hand. And then the second one is absolutely covered in wire. Yeah. And uh, if your podcast player supports individual images for episodes, you can look at it right yeah, you'll now. S- you'll see this. <laughs> Holy fuck, that's unpleasant. This is... <laughs> I'm this rocked your world, hasn't it? So much today. I like that I have gone with the Renderers magazine and you have one-upped me with Beef magazine. <laughs> beef magazine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. The industry is also moving towards the use of metal detection, along with utilising magnets throughout the process. Metal detection is a much more thorough process to identify and remove all of the various types of metals used in the processing plants, and not only for removing ferrous metals. So, yeah, right. So that's so we're basically idiots for proposing the the med the magnet idea because we hadn't considered non-ferrous metals. Yeah. What if hmm. um, what if you? Yeah. What if some. Tin got in there. Aluminium. Yeah. 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 Aluminium. Sure. Yeah. Well, if you, if well, you, there's go, only there's only a couple of ferrous metals. Of... So everything else, lithium. What if Wood. They... What if your cow had been eating? You could need a wood magnet then. So it's if... only it's only um, things with things with iron in them. Yeah, that right. that explains the name. I oh, know. So, yeah. Sorry. Yep. So yep. really. We're just discussing adding another stage to the process of removing, uh, like using magnets to remove the metal from the cow's still feed in the first place. Yeah, and then also, and but then, then also metal but, metal detectors as well yeah, for the non-ferrous stuff. Just just in case uh, for the next stage of the process, once we have blitzed the cow up into bones yeah. and and stuff that can go into a Costco hot dog. Uh, then Put we also like run some powerful magnets over that, just before yeah. it goes into. How the... much metal is getting into this rendering? I bet it's so much. Can't oh, just strain it. It's people just dropping nuts and bolts in there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The uh, guy loses his iPhone eight there. Got to make sure that it's. Are you getting yeah. all the all the construction workers that got fired from Boeing? It's a little uh, plane <laughs> manufacturing joke there. Good one. <laughs> Got another answer here from J.R. Onken of Onken <laughs> Inc. <laughs> so you know he knows what he's talking about. As manufacturers for the rendering industry, supplying leak-proof storage for cooking oil is key. So we use robotic welding and laser cutting to ensure our product is consistent and leak-proof. You don't want to lose your cooking oil. 
No. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, I have another thought here from J.R. Onkin of Onkin Inc. When he was asked <laughs> uh, what, what types of next level technology he foresees being adopted in the, the near future. He says, our engineering team is currently in development of a robotic solution for transporting cooking oil from the restaurant to the outdoor cooking oil storage container. Like out back. Yeah, colliding so of worlds. So from, <laughs> from the kitchen to the storage at the back. Yeah. It's a little Get robot. A little robot. You need goes, a robot to do that. Are you done with that frying pan? Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> 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 Thank you. I'm a little Can piggy. You, yeah, pour that milk. Pour, pour that oil in my mouth. I'm so thirsty. <laughs> I gotta go about the back real face. quick. <laughs> Ooh, another oily treat for Robo. <laughs> and then it's he stands out there with a gun <laughs> to make sure that no one takes anything. <laughs> my oil. Oh, big chain gun with laser sight on it. Ready to roll. So you're gonna have to show ID in five seconds, or I'm gonna fucking airhole you, folks. Uh, you do not want to encounter the lethal outdoor cooking repository robot uh, defense. You know, hmm. if you run into that, you're gonna have a bad time, and you're gonna end up in the next coffin on Coffin Watch. Got and this chills. is a segment distinct from the ripping report. Yes. yes. Yeah. It's a I've... mishap to do with the the preparation <laughs> the... of bodies after they have died. <laughs> yeah. The ripping, the ripping report is about people who have gone through the process of dying. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And yep. in the clipping report, it's people who might have died from it, but, oh, no, there are deaths in the clipping. No, no deaths in the clipping report. No, and we'll yeah. get this all figured out. Yeah, probably we'll, before we'll episode. Get a, we'll get a complete taxonomy going, <laughs> so yeah. you can refer to it. Yeah. Oh, I was absolutely scanning the themes and debating which one it was going to be. <laughs> uh, so uh, this comes to us from News Twelve BX in New York. I don't know what to do with that name. The Twibux. You know? Yeah, it's a little harder. They, I actually yeah. spent quite a lot of time trying to find out if they had like a TV station code or station ID, whatever they call them, and I, they they don't have one, or at least they didn't write down which one they were anywhere that I could find. Very annoying. Not as annoying as this. A Spring Valley family is suing a cemetery and a funeral home after they found out their loved one was buried in the wrong place, and then dug up and reburied without their permission. Yikes! Yeah, mm. don't don't do that. I mean, mm. like, I get the impulse to. Be you don't like, want people Ooh. to fix their mistakes. Mm. Well, that's the thing. Like, if you realize you've fucked up really quite badly, I think we can acknowledge from the from the front half of that description. Uh, I understand the impulse to say I'm going to immediately run out and get on the Earth Mover. Yeah, they're just fixing their mistake. It's not their fault. Trying to sort it out. Yeah. The Booth family lost their father back in February. He was supposed to be buried on top of their mother's grave. Uh, did you check in the wrong hole? Because that's where he is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, it was supposed to be buried on top of their mother's grave in a double plot they purchased at Brick Church Cemetery in Spring Valley back when she passed away in 2005. Hang on, hang on. on top? Yeah, that yeah. seems unorthodox to me, but I'm not Face a... Face down. Was that, Face this was down. The... <laughs> Face down and Just like head to toe. To <laughs> no head to toe. Put me right in there. <laughs> Smoosh us together. I'm naked. I'm naked when I go in, too. Oh... That's a pretty. I'm gonna have to talk to Elner about that kind of arrangement. So, so here's the deal: whichever one of us goes first gets buried naked, and then when the other one goes, we crack it open, face down. Um. Oh my goodness. Uh, that. Yeah, on top, Theo. Buried on top. Maybe do you space know what we do next to? Do you think? Do you think probably spend p- an extra money? You must nice. get a discount if you just got one, like one. Grave Are they space? stacking coffins? Yeah. They're coffin stacking. They must be stacking. Yeah. Do you reckon so it's like, maybe... it's not six feet under, it's ten feet, six feet, or two feet, just depending on how much you pay. Get sandwiched in there between yeah. a few corpses. Maybe. Yeah, you'd hate to be the meat in the coffin sandwich. Mm, I'd hate to be in the middle of so <laughs> many other coffins. Um... <laughs> I'd hate to be the meat in the coffin sandwich. <laughs> My it's, goodness. It's really tricky for a poly setup because then they have to start drilling into bedrock. <laughs> I wonder, um, I, I think there's a few possibilities Volcanic here. Volcanic down there. <laughs> do you, so do you think that this is maybe a pricing consideration where it's like you can get a, a grave plot and it costs this much. You can get a double plot where we yeah. will do a 12-foot-deep hole, and then when you're done, we'll put the other one in. It's no harm on just stacking one on top. You're saving space. Yeah. And if you yeah. want to pay the premium, you get, like, twin twin burial plots, you know? Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's sort of a bunk beds versus two doubles <laughs> situation. Yeah. Bunk, bunk beds versus a queen, you know? Yeah. 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 And if you're really stuck for cash, we'll just kind of just uncover the first coffin, pry the lid off. Yeah. Try and jam you both in there. <laughs> Slip you in. This is, uh, I mean, I don't know why people pay so much money for this stuff when, like, I feel like it's been firmly established at this point that if something happens with the cemetery and they need to, like, move you, they'll just go ahead and do it. Yeah. The yeah. ones and, where they just say, we're moving this all to, like, as well. we're moving this cemetery to a different town. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. I feel like you were kind of... You, it feels like you're supposed to be buying a pretty permanent arrangement. That's all I'm saying. Uh, the family learned about a mistake after a random call to the funeral director two days after their father was buried. It seems that their father was buried in another area and another body was already on top of their mother's grave. <laughs> That's They're just so... stacking them everywhere. Imagine catching your wife. I would hate if another man was on top of her, my ex-wife's grave. My wife's in grave. death. <laughs> oh my goodness! Heaven cucked by a stranger. Yeah, he he comes home to their villa in heaven, and this dude's in there, and he's like, uh, "Honey, what?" Uh, and he's just there forever until they move him. That's how I understand heaven to work. And we have something very exciting to tell you, and I think you're really going to enjoy it. Because that's the rules of heaven, is you have a townhouse that the residents of the townhouse are determined by who's in a shared plot. (laughs) So he got a set of keys the moment he was put in there. (laughs) That's how I'm picturing it working. Uh, Quote, 
He said, can I tell you something? I said, what? He goes, your sister's right. Your dad is supposed to go on top of your mum. We buried him in the wrong place. And the person on top of your mum, we had to exhume that body. And we had to exhume your dad's body and put your dad on top of your mother's body. Oh my God, they're doing Tower of Hanoi with bodies. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so this is going to take a minimum of five movements. (laughs) (laughs) So this, I believe who uh, this woman is quoting is the funeral director. Who right. opened the conversation with? Can I tell you something? <laughs> hey, can I be can I be honest with you? Can I be real with you just uh, for a moment? As your funeral director, can I have permission to speak freely, sir? <laughs> hey, funny story. Let's wrap. You're gonna laugh about <laughs> <Yeah>. this later. <laughs> yeah. The weirdest thing happened to me this Promise week. Promise you won't be mad. <laughs> Let's play a little game. Let's tell each other the biggest whoopsie we made at work this week. I'll go first. <laughs> Wow. That is what Tammy Booth heard from this funeral director uh, the other day. The Booth family's attorney says it's illegal to exhume a body without the family's consent. One needs to have a consent form signed by the family, which the cemetery didn't have. So, but also, like, is the the third party in this also going to find out that their relative's body was moved without permission? Oh, yeah, I see you there to a, tell him. a different wanna... news story with just some of the names switched around. You don't want to ask questions that you don't like the answer to. I feel like if you're going to do the two things, wrong body and then illegally digging up the bodies to switch them back, don't tell anyone. Yeah. Mm. If you're going to just just keep to yourself. Yeah, and also, also, if there's any other mistakes you can think of, just get them all done all at once. In for a penny, in for a pound. Plus, Mm. you've already got the excavator. If you have a list, a running list of all of the burial mistakes you've made, have a sort of like a... A Don't crazy leave it out. Wednesday. Don't leave it out in the office. <laughs> yeah, hide it. But also, on the same day you bring up these bodies, get the rest of it done. Just do a really big swap around. Yeah. Tell literally no one. Because the only... Like, unless you have a strong religious conviction where you believe there's like a material effect of visiting the grave and, you know, praying over that grave or whatever it might be. Hmm. Otherwise, the damage here is purely psychic. If you told someone, no, there was never a problem... But, I mean, don't tell them. But if they never knew there was a problem, there's literally the no matter? problem. The problem what are you going to do? Happens. Dig them up? You're going to yeah. get your shovel out? Find Just out? Keep, yeah. Don't tell anyone. And it's fine. It's totally fine. It's so fine. Although, although, hear me out, is is the potential for the fallout from this, uh, is the potential fallout much worse the longer it goes on? So, how much madder is somebody going to be uh, when they were like, oh, I was I was there to... Mrs. Booth was like, I went there every Saturday and yeah. talked to my husband for two hours. But it turns out I was talking uh, uh, to, to a the guy called Diego ass. Rodriguez. <laughs> maybe you and Diego had a lot more in common. Yeah. You know, maybe you had a lot to talk about. Yeah, like fi- finding out you did a bunch of wasted prayers. You know, <laughs> I think I think God can redirect the prayers. I think He like, knows. Bodies are opaque fine. as far as prayers go. Through Him, yeah. all things are possible. So yes, yep. We are a Christian podcast, by the way. <laughs> yeah, this is the first time I'm mentioning it. Yeah, we are actually witnessing right now. Hey, we're a couple yeah. of cool, relaxed, easygoing people. Uh, not the stereotype you were picturing, I guess. Mm. Yeah. It's a couple the, of young, young Jehovah's Witness guys. And in my we hate abortion. You wouldn't know it, but we do. <laughs> oh, it's just yeah. never come up. 
Hey, I actually have uh, some starred locations on a Google Maps and a link to the Anarchist Cookbook that you're really going <laughs> to... Interested to talk about. Uh, and that's the note that we are supposedly <laughs> finishing on. <laughs> no, wait, we haven't finished the story. All oh, right, yeah. Huh. We haven't finished the story. Yeah, they'll All forget right. it by the time we finish the podcast. Yeah, yeah the um, eight words left. <laughs> uh, so, so the family has found out about the... The terrible, no good, very bad day that the funeral director has had. Uh, and they are seeking $55 million in damages. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, no, that's a joke. Are you taking the piss Get out now? Of here. I'm on. not going to tell someone how much money their emotional distress is worth. I am. I'll do 55 it. $55 oh, okay. million. <laughs> yeah. Well, as long as you three can do it. I'll give you, t- I'll give you uh, two uh, large. How about this, Ben? How about this? <laughs> one free grave. <laughs> Num- number one, I would ask, like, is this. Is this cemetery and funeral home like the fucking Microsoft of cemetery and funeral homes? Yeah, how much money or anything, is that? or yeah. is it just like a cemetery slash funeral home? Well, it would be the funeral homes insurance paying this out, not the funeral home itself. Yeah, okay. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I don't know if it's um, fifty-five million dollars worth of trauma to be like, oh, we put him in the wrong hole and we moved him to the right hole. Yeah, I thought about my, However, my dad being in the wrong hole, and I, got I mean, it was sad. A, you put a stranger on top of my dead mum. <laughs> like, I'm not. That's that's their fault for I'm trying to minimise this, Ben, and you're, <laughs> you're <laughs> helping. Are you? You're on the take from the funeral home. I think it's fine. It's fine. Stop Stop burying your bodies in boxes. You're taking up space in the earth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Go to them straight to the Renderer's Guild. <laughs> yeah. Is anybody, just just to have it out in the open, is anybody on the show uh, planning to be buried in corpse I form? i got to no. check my, my... I want to be buried in one of those, like, wrap things, you know? Where, like, the animals can just like eat you. Like, the worms wraps. can eat you. Yeah. yeah. I'm Ash me. Ash me up. Yeah, yeah. Grind yeah, me yeah, into yeah. a fine powder and then s- s- throw me into the trade winds. Yeah. Me too. My, my deal is useful organs out, yeah. a- ash me. Yeah. yeah. Set me free with the albatross. Yeah, yeah. Let me, let me just biodegrade more gracefully. I'm, mm-hmm. thinking, I'm thinking useful organs out and then biomass uh, to the animals. Yeah, mm. to Titan. Yeah. yeah. I, like, obviously, <laughs> I think it is kind of important, like all jokes aside, that it is a, there's a reason we have a cultural ritual around having a place to go to, to grieve. You know, it's very cathartic to be able to think about someone sort of pointedly and reflect on that. It's kind of meditative, yeah. which is why I think there should be a 30-foot gold statue of me mm. somewhere mm. in Brisbane. You know, like, I'm not vain about my body, you know, if I can chuck that into the sea. But 30, 30 to 50 feet, mm. solid gold statue, probably in the middle of Queen Street Mall, and I look really handsome. And I'm like super muscular and I'm not. I was, was going to say completely shredded and throwing like a Bruce Lee sidekick. <laughs> yeah. I and think. it's sort of like it's a, in it, I'm shooting Hitler in the head and it turns yeah. out I actually, I was the one that won World War II single-handedly. <laughs> I, want, um, I want one of those, uh, you know, the, the really gigantic um, like mech statues that they do in japan yeah yeah the giant gundam a gundam yeah He's yeah, yeah, in yeah. A gundam. no i want one of those like 60 foot high gundams but um but it just has my face <laughs> no no per- it's got a got a perfectly clear uh cockpit canopy and you are actually sitting in it yeah it's sort of like a <laughs> dreadnought from warhammer Forty Thousand. yeah except yeah. you are Your taxidermied dead. head <laughs> kind of like a or sort of like the Nixon robot from yeah. Futurama. Or a Timberwolf from Battletech. Yeah, um, but with I'm a dead thinking, guy in it. 
I'm thinking load me up into one of those enormous <laughs> load me up into one of those enormous bird cannons and just really oh, like yeah. pulverize me into the <laughs> into the into the wilderness. A little part of you escaping orbit. <laughs> oh, you know what I want to see if I can arrange. And and look, I actually think this one is feasible. This one could be done, right? Organs out. Ash me. <laughs> yep. Ash me. But uh-huh, then uh-huh. But then I want you to take my ashes and put them in the fish tube. You know, the one that they used to carry like yeah. salmon yeah. over. Where are you going? Just wherever the it's water comes out. That's, wherever it takes. That's fine. I, I just want to, I, I want to go for a ride through the tube and come out the other side with all the fish. Maybe some fish will eat me. Yeah. I'll, I'll be a little bit in their DNA when they're procreating, you know. Uh, yeah. Okay. That's, that's usually how that kind of thing works. You'll end up in a tin of John West. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Cycle begins again. You know. Yep. That's so beautiful. Life is just a series Life of cycles. Is, yeah. yeah, it's beautiful. It's just a ride. Bill Hicks was right. Life is a highway. Ash me. Thanks, Bill put Hicks. Me, mix me into a Tesla battery so that when it eventually sets fire, I may return to the sky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, folks. That has been what we in the industry like to call an episode of Punta Vista. Yeah, and good job everyone. I think we really put enough distance between the ending and the joke about bombing abortion clinics. Well done. <laughs> Makes it look like people can leave now with a nice clean face. Feeling good. Leave with a good vibe.